Hey there. You are about to hear a conversation that I had last week with Ben Phelps, or as you may know him on Instagram, Ben.Jitsu. We talk about the new podcast, the What Now podcast, new episodes out each and every Tuesday. And uh, while you're listening, because one of the links that I have for you guys in the show notes is to his podcast page. Uh, if you like what you hear in our conversation, which I absolutely know that you're going to, I want you to go ahead, head over to that podcast page and just subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcast episodes. That way you can listen to Ben each and every Tuesday. Uh, we get into really his, uh, we, we get into the entire story. And what I really liked about this conversation is most of what I cover on this podcast, we that hear regularly with episodes, we pretty much cover it all. So health and fitness, <laughs> how the, the weight loss industry is is structured and uh, how to kind of go against that, how to uh, build a better relationship with yourself, men's mental health. We, we get into a lot of different things. This was a wonderful conversation. I'm really excited for you guys to listen to it. And without further ado, here's the conversation with Ben. Guys, I have Ben Phelps on the line with me today, and and I'm excited because we could get, we can go into so many different directions with you. And I I really think since this is the first time that you and I really chatted, that um, I kind of want to start from the beginning. I want to get into the origin story uh, again. We've got some folks listening that are in the weight loss community, all types of of weight loss, uh, but a lot of folks are here kind of for the complete story and kind of the evolution of the character. So I think. Uh, I, I think you guys are definitely in for a treat. Now, I, I do want to say this before we get started, and we'll mention this throughout. I do have Ben's link tree linked up in the show notes. So if you like what you're here while you're listening, please go ahead and, and, and check him out there and subscribe. But, uh, but let's get into it, Ben. So before I answer your question, not to back up too much, but thank you for having me, right? Because like you said, this is really the first time that we've ever engaged deeply right conversation more than just a couple of words here and there on instagram messages and comments and stuff uh so i am excited and i appreciate the offer uh, or the request to come on but to get to your question yeah if you i mean if we want to take it all the way back for me weight was always a problem always a struggle uh shopping in the husky section as a kid right which then you're in the adult section earlier than you should be which means that by the time you're an adult you're in big and tall are we talking, are we talking, what time frame is this? Late 80s, so, early 90s? Uh, so I was born in 1990. Okay. Um, so most of what I talk about, uh, so I say Husky is in the 90s, right? Because that was right, I was like one of the last generations, I think, where they branded the clothes that way. Was it, was it Bugle Boy Husky? Because when I was in the 80s, because I was I was born in 82. So in the, in the mid to late 80s, Husky was Bugle Boy. But they might have relinquished uh, that brand a little bit. I think so Husky, by the, when I was uh, at least my earliest memories of shopping for clothes, every store had a Husky section the way that a lot of places have big and tall. So it was like go to JCPenney's and then in, within the kids section, there's like two racks of stuff that just say Husky above it in big letters because that's a polite way of saying fat, right? Like this really was, although not so polite because they stopped doing it. But uh, so yeah, I'm Husky as a little kid, uh, you know, you're in, I'm in middle school starting to shop just in adult size clothes, which is probably not terribly uncommon, but my size was definitely bigger than it should be. Uh, and then as an adult, like some of my earliest jobs or thoughts of like gainful employment, call it, I found myself needing, uh, you know, like dressier clothes. And that was the first time where I was like, oh, I have to 
shop in this big and tall section. And then before you know it, everything's big and tall. 3X was my usual t-shirt size. It's one of those things, right? Depends on the brand. Maybe I could be a 2X, but it was a, you know, it wasn't great. And um, I basically was, uh, and I'm, I use a somewhat abrasive words, but to sum it all up, right? Like I was kind of just fat and lazy for my whole life until I was about 24. Um, yeah. That was when I decided for a handful of reasons that I needed to make changes. Um, and I don't know how far into that you want me to go because we started at the beginning. We can stick at the beginning or we can keep rolling into the, the story, right? Because we talked about the character yeah, development. We'll, we'll get into, I'll have some, we'll kind of go through the story and then I'll have some questions and we'll go back and forth. So. Cool. Well, uh, so when I was 24, I, a lot of people always talk about, they had this like this one moment, right? Like uh, on death's door, like a near death experience, right? And mine was not necessarily that severe. Um, I had a handful of things line up within like a week or two time frame that all kind of hit on these different things that were just like perfect storm, right? Showed me that it was time to change. I had a, a doctor, the doctor's appointment that everybody likes to talk about when they have this kind of weight loss story, which is, you know, pre-diabetic, watch your blood pressure, basically doom and gloom, looking at the future, like, unless you change something, oh, but we don't really know what, how to tell you to change anything, but that's a separate topic. And uh, I, in addition to that, I saw myself on, I for the place where I was employed at the time I worked at a nonprofit, uh, at the, the local United Way chapters, what I was doing. And I did like a local public access cable, like channel two and like 15 people watch it, that type of thing. Uh, so I was on one of those and it was like, I, you know, I see myself, I saw myself at that point, you see yourself every day, right? In the mirror, you like look down, you see yourself, but like to see myself on television, that was a, from a vanity aspect, that was a big hit. And then the doctor thing from a health aspect, that was a big scare, right? So those two things lined up. And then going back to that same job at the United Way, we shared a, a parking lot with like a Wawa gas station. So like you can go in there, they got all kinds of made to order foods. For the East Coast, like Northeast people that they're going to know exactly what that is. And then everyone else is going to be like, I don't know. But but uh, so we shared a parking lot with the Wawa and it was not a long walk. I wish I knew distances. I would say less than an eighth of a mile. Uh, and then within this same week, like I said, I had one experience that stood out to me where I walked over there, got whatever, probably two breakfast sandwiches and a super sugary energy drink because my habits were terrible. Uh, and then by the time I had walked back to work, uh, I was like winded, sweating. It's like this is cumulative, like quarter mile tops. Right. So I kind of my ego in terms of my self image and like the vanity physical aspect of it kind of got hit my like physical fitness prep preparedness, just like ability to do really minor things that kind of got hit. And then obviously the scare from the doctor. So no, nothing, nothing like super deep, right. Or, uh, or traumatic, but all of them happening at the same time, it really was what like kicked everything off. Uh, and then at that point, um, I began looking for like options, right? Like everybody does. And one thing, just because I was so disconnected at the time, one thing I could never really get behind was like calories, quantifying it, right? Trying, I guess the, uh, you know, the like nuts and bolts, numbers, values of food and stuff like that. So that approach really wasn't working for me, right? Your, your whole, if it fits your macros, calorie counting thing that like that just could, I couldn't, it wouldn't register in my brain. Uh, and that's when I found uh, by Mark Sisson, it was a book, The Primal Blueprint. Uh, pe most people, the way that I usually talk about this is the paleo diet, because that's more 
familiar, right? It's more popularized, but essentially it's just like ancestral eating. I paid no attention to calories or anything um, for a long time. <laughs> and yeah. so it was just like, you know, eat essentially if it has a pulse or it grows from the ground, you can eat it. Uh, anything else is off limits, like no processed food. Uh, it was like minimal dairy. I mean, that I don't want to get super technical, right? But essentially ancestral based eating. But the, another thing I really liked about that primal blueprint plan is that it wasn't just food. It was there was a fitness component to it that was also simplified in a similar way, right? Well, like, okay, well, what a human is meant to be, your ancestors, right? They, their movements, their days would basically be filled with these activities, right? Lots of walking, sprint every now and then, and occasionally they have to pick up something heavy, right? So that was kind of the way that it laid out the fitness plan or component. And everything was just really digestible for me. Like it made sense to the spoke to some logical part of me right that i liked the concept of like well what is a human meant to be right and, and uh naturally and then seeing seeing how i can get closer to that because obviously all of this more modern stuff i was doing was not really cutting it uh i mean it also focused on things like sunlight and play a lot of things that i think are that we lose sight on now right like these little fringe things that go into your health wellness journey stuff like that but uh, I rambled a little about that. So at 24, I started that it took me about 18 months um, of doing that. And I dropped 124 pounds. So my heaviest ever as an adult after at that doctor's appointment, as a matter of fact, because the scale I had at home wouldn't weigh me. So I knew from that doctor's appointment that I was 333 pounds. That was the biggest number that I saw. Uh, I lost 124 pounds eating, doing that primal blueprint and everything. Uh, and I had gone through some other changes in my life, right? As I was doing this. So I got a very demanding job. I was commuting. It was an hour and a half without like accidents, major traffic, one way to get to work. So that's three hours a day in the car. And then a job where I was there for eight to 10 hours. I worked at a data center. So sometimes the hours could get kind of intense. <laughs> um, so that was that kind of, and I know that you talked, you mentioned mental health and things like that at the top of the show, right? And that kind of, I, uh, I essentially was doing what I thought I had to do, right? So I was getting, getting the good job, right? And I'm commuting, I'm doing all this stuff. And the whole time, not really realizing that I'm sacrificing like everything. Because by the time, if you're in the car for 13 hours and you work for even eight, that's 11 they want you to sleep for eight hours. That's 19. There's five hours left a day. And I get it, right? If you, you make time, you don't have it, yada, yada, yada. But I was not in a place where I was very receptive, right, to that type of thing. So a lot of the good habits that I had built when life was easier or more free to me, it became difficult. And then on top of that, I just wasn't fulfilled or happy, right? At the end of the day, I was miserable doing the things that I was doing and then doing them every single day. It's just you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. So it's like every day I'm just tossing a straw on that camel. Uh, and then, so I went through a period there about six months where I fell off of everything and I gained back 80 pounds. Uh, I quit that job in a way that I'm not particularly proud of, but was necessary at the time, right? For, for me, self-preservation, call it, right? I wish I could go back and do it uh, better we'll say, but at the end of the day, it leaving that kind of saved my life and I'm not even being as dramatic <laughs> as I feel like it sounds. No, so, so from, from there, I kind of, so I'm, I'm done with, I left that job and I'm basically trying to discover who, who I even am. Like what, what do I, 
want from my life, right? Like, what do I do? It's, it was, a, I, I like to call it, I refer to it as an existential crisis. Cause that's exactly what it was, right? Yeah. I had no sense how of old, purpose. How old, how old uh, were you? At, at this point, 20s, 26, 27, right about in there. So good. Actually, this is, it's so weird, man. Cause it's like between that whole 25, 26, 30 and 32, people start to hit this. Because what you're talking about is like, you're literally doing all the things that you're supposed to do. You're checking the box. You've got the, the, the good job. You're, you're, you know, doing the best that you can to take care of yourself for that. You're trying to make all these health changes and then, but it's not true to you. So when things fall off, they really fall off. So (laughs) yes, no, that's, I mean, it's an excellent way to say it because it, I mean, everyone has stumbles, even on a successful journey. I'm sure there were weeks, days, months in that time where I lost 124 pounds where like things weren't really working out. Right. But it goes back to like, there's levels. Right. So like, I, I didn't just have a slip up. I fell all the way off. Like you said, like everything went out of whack. Um, so that was about six months, 80 pounds gained, starting to feel some of the same or worse mental things. Right. Like just, and now with this new stressor of like, who, who even am I? Like, what am I doing? Right. What is, what is my life? What am I? So when I went back, I went back to a lot of the same resources uh, online when I was ready to start losing weight again, right? When I, when I left that job and it's like, all right, I'm going to take control. And I knew what worked. So I went back to what had worked before, right? But uh, at that time, uh, there in I guess just based on the timing of how things worked out, because this would have been 2018, right? 17, 18. So essentially when I get back online, keto 2016, damn, well, I'm old. <laughs> uh, so like keto is real popular in all these spaces because it's pulling on the same threads and ancestral diets, right? So like there are a lot of people, when you hear the word keto, I'm sure you assume one thing and there's definitely a modernized version of it. Uh, but there is a substantial portion within the keto community that they do like keto paleo, right? It's kind of like both. And that was again, it spoke logically to me. It seemed like it made sense. And then when I did it, it was like, that really worked. And that was the first time I ever had ever started getting into the numerical values of things. Um, but that took some time. Right. So, but basically starting with low carb keto and eventually carnivore, I spent just over a year, a little over a year doing that. I lost 111 pounds and that got me to my lowest ever adult weight of 178. So I lost 155 pounds from heaviest to lightest, but it was, you know, we talk about it not being linear and it was like, that was far from linear, right? <laughs> like so, uh, a big drop, big, uh, spike up and then another large drop. Um, since then, right through this disc- self-discovery in, in addition to all the dieting, I started to figure out like things that I, that really engaged me and that I was passionate about. And I began, uh, doing jujitsu, which is a massive part of my life, uh, at this point. And, uh, ideally will forever be right. <laughs> but, um, I guess I've just, I like to tell people that the first time I lost the weight, I did it the air quotes wrong way, right? I just kind of went through the motions. Oh, this works. I'll keep doing it. I'm losing the weight. I hadn't done any of the call it supplemental work, right? Like working on mindset, interests, hobbies, fulfillment, who you are as a person. It was just kind of like, I basically thought that like, I will just be a happier person. My life will be better if I lose weight. Like it's, it was that reactionary. Right. And then I think part of that regain was also kind of the realization in that hard moment in life. That's like, wow, this isn't, that didn't help me at all. Right. Like that. that, So I had to do extra work. And then the second time when I lost the weight, 
uh, the 111 pounds, I feel like I had done at least most of that work, but that is kind of something that you continue doing all the time, right? Like I still find myself going through that journey because ultimately that journey is just what life is. And I now realize that, right? Things that I didn't know at the time and I really had no perspective, you, but- um, you, hit on, you hit on two major things, which I, I really, you lost the weight the first time and you thought it was going to fix things because, and it makes sense because if you're somebody that has dealt with weight for years or decades, this is something that has been a focal point of your life, literally from everything. We were talking at the, at the very beginning, when you would go clothes shopping, weight was, was a focal point of it. Like all, all these things. So you lose the weight. You're like, you think I'm going to be happy. You're doing the things you're supposed to be doing. And then you're like, oh shit, this doesn't fix any of it. So then, you know, the second time, and this is one of the big things for me is I, I from a fitness standpoint, is if you can look at the weight loss as a byproduct. And it's really hard for people to get that if they've never lost the weight. But what you ultimately, what you don't want is for people to put all this effort in and get to that point where you're at, where you're like, oh, I lost the weight and I'm not happy. And then now what? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, and then the other thing is, is because mental health and, and, and personal development are such a huge thing right now. And yes, you need to dig into, you need to find things that make you happy. You need to dig into the, to the, the stuff that's, been weighing you down and, and that that is that, that needs to be worked on and fixed but the punchline on that is is once you dig into that that's a lifelong thing all that stuff that you've been pushing off to the side you're never going to get rid of it it's one of the worst things but one of the best things possible it's kind of weird but anyway no, no i totally i totally get it not i guess not to be too sidetracked by that but i I, this is so I also work one of the things that I do in my new life, as I like to call it, right, is I, uh, I call myself a transformation coach, because I'm essentially like one thing that I, one thing I have found more fulfilling than anything else in my life is the ability to help other people experience the same opportunity that I did, right? Not everyone, I don't care if you eat the same way as me, I don't care if you do jujitsu or not, right? I don't need you to mirror me or copy me, but I want to, I want you to feel what I feel in certain moments the potential, the opportunity, right? So I, I coach people, I work with a fair number of people, and this is a common thread, right? Because a lot of people, when they come to me, they are in that earlier stage, we'll call it, right? Where they've been focused on thinking about, and even when you are dieting, so much of your, and I use, I like to use a lot of analogies and comparisons, so bear with me, right? But I, I like bandwidth. You talk about internet, I worked at a data center, right? But you spend a lot of your bandwidth every day focused on how much am I eating? Am I losing weight? Am I getting like, am I getting my steps in? Right. And at some point that when you're free of that commitment, it's like, where does the, like, where do I use it now? Right. How am I going to spend this energy attention bandwidth? Right. And so that's why I'm big on, we talk about like lifestyle practices, like with my clients, with my, with my brand, my messaging, all of it, it's it's, it's kind of like you said, right? It's like weight loss isn't, is I don't sit there and post things about, you know, here's what a hundred calories of steak looks like. And here's what a hundred calories of donuts look like, because while I appreciate that, and some people need that lesson, that is like you said, it's a byproduct. Some of these things are byproducts of just the general progression of getting better. So as I work with people, I make a heavy emphasis on shifting that bandwidth and attention somewhere else, finding them a hobby, a passion, uh, some type of thing that engages them that can take up that space that you were so consumed because what's going to happen, right, is you're going to become 
you only know to worry about the food. So then once you're done with that, you either get too much freedom, let yourself go. I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways that can go wrong, right? That you can misuse that bandwidth. So it's nice to, the best thing you can do is to start thinking about it early in the process, right? In your journey, thinking about what you're going to do at the end, but be careful, right? Because you could get so caught up looking ahead that you're missing what you're doing now. So it is a very delicate balance, like we said, but I think that you hit the nail on the head, right? It's your show. So maybe that was planned. No, but the, uh, the, the weight loss being a byproduct or side effect of the real work and mission purpose that you're doing, uh, I think is 100% accurate. But like you said, that is very hard to communicate to someone that hasn't experienced enough con like uh, contrast in the events. Like they haven't felt the difference. So it's hard to say, here's what it's going to be like, right? So I think, and you and I will absolutely, we, we can do a whole other podcast episode very well might just talking about the philosophy of coaching and what is real and what's going to help people be sustainable and really set themselves up for a successful happy life not just losing weight but i actually one thing i do want to bring up because i think when people are looking to work with coaches and trainers what you call your coaching business transformation coach kind of lends itself to this but anybody that you, you guys listening or thinking of hiring to work with what I would really do is look at, at their, the way that they view weight loss and the way that they view life. Because ultimately, if you're working with somebody, this is your guide. Hopefully, you are going to pick up a lot of their tendencies, a lot of their point of views. And what you're going to be able to do, I think what a great coach does, is take their underlining philosophy, kind of their underlining, for lack of a better word, vibe of doing things, and they teach you how to apply it to your life. So I love your approach on everything because it is so much bigger than, you know, let's lose weight. Uh, and I think the other thing is like what you're saying, if you can get them to focus on the other stuff earlier on in the process, yes, focus on the big picture, but also focus on right in front of you. And yes, that sounds like we're talking both out of both sides of our mouth, but it's absolutely true. Then they can find what their identity is because I think a lot of times if you lose weight, well, you were the weight loss person. Now you've lost weight. What's your identity? You don't know. You panic and then you start stress eating and you gain weight again. Well, if you start gaining weight, I've always been the weight loss person and it just, it, it spirals. Yes. So, no, I mean, there's, there's so much that we can get on with that. But I, I, I think the big thing I wanted to point out is anyone that works with you, I'm sure that they're picking up kind of your tendencies and your approach overall, and they're figuring out how, how to apply it in their life, which I think is wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I like to think so. And not, I guess not to go too deep into like working with a coach in general, right. Just take me out of it completely. It's uh, when I do work with people, one of the first things I say on everyone's first call is that like the point of working with a coach, right. Is to get you to a point where you don't need a coach anymore. <laughs> like the, the, I think a lot of what people are both looking for and given, right. I think part of the problem is what you want. You want someone just to tell you, exactly what to do right but like that's that's not going to work right that's going to create a dependency so then when that person's gone what are you like do you do you just go back right or what are you left with so i'm focused from day one with people on getting me out of their life right for lack of a better term um so like i i think that that is what you should look for again take me out of it when you're looking at anyone you're going to work with it's like you said right like what is their what are they focused on what's their messaging but like how do they yeah. Like, how are they going to handle you? Are you just 
another number. So like, here's some numbers we'll talk in a week or so, right? Or is it going to really be transformative or helpful for you? Um, like I've worked with a coach because I do jujitsu. I've had a strength coach before mm-hmm. who made some programming for me. Right. And even that he was, we, we spent a lot of time talking about concepts, like why certain days are structured certain ways, why these movements are better than these movements. Right. He kind of gave me enough to where I can now program for myself, but following those same concepts that he gave me, right. When he was creating a plan. Uh, and that is how it should work. Right. So. Yes, we will. And, and I, I wanted to go off onto that side conversation a little bit. So we'll, we'll get back on track because otherwise you talking about fitness and that's not, <laughs> but what, what I do want to get into, cause you were talking about how you've discovered all these, these uh, interests that you had, and then you mentioned your brand. So I, where did you discover the passions, but then where did you just kind of decide I could actually build something around myself where I can talk about who it is I am and basically be, yes, be authentic. Uh, and then I know we're going to get into the transition because your brand has actually changed over time as well. Uh, yeah, actually probably more times uh, than I'd either care to admit or you would realize, to be honest, <laughs> um, because it, like it's, I don't like the word business, right? I don't like entrepreneur things. I get, I find myself to be very triggered by that type of stuff because like this, I'm not, it's not a business, right? It is essentially an extension of me that, I, so I think that is like the first, just off the top thing I want to say, right? This is like when, when we're talking about brand, it's like, it's really just due to the realistic or like the recognition that like everyone has to make a living somehow, right? And we all should be trying to make that living doing something that we are passionate about, at least to some degree. Doesn't have to be your favorite thing in the world. But if you hate it, that's just, that's also, that's not good, right? As I learned. So, um, so like for my brand, it began, especially like the social media stuff in general kind of started the way that most people says, right? It's like, oh, I'm, I'm losing weight. Oh, I've had some success. I'm going to start sharing, connect with other people. So I began using or being on social media in this world as a consumer, um, mm-hmm. first and foremost, right? And that was, and that it still influences some of what I do today, remembering what it was like to be on the other side of the phone, so to speak, right? To consume what people are putting out. Um, so I started as Primal Bro, going back to my Primal Blueprint origin, and that was so into that. And the bro part was because at the time, it was most of the online things, like it was a like Paley OMG uh, and like the pioneer woman, like it was all very feminine. And the joke that I used to make was like, yeah, but I don't want to find, you know, like a paleo recipes sprinkled amongst a bunch of like sports bra reviews on someone's blog, right? Like that. So it wasn't that most of what was out there wasn't made for me from the male perspective. So that was, I just kind of made a little joke by doing that. And then that actually kind of became the core of the earliest versions of the brand. As I shifted from someone who was trying to someone who was uh, actually succeeding and then once I get to the other side of it, right, someone who can share that experience back to provide value. So, yeah. so it started as as started as that as as Primal Bro, and then I changed the name, my like my brand name because I wanted it to be going back to being more authentic to me. And also another point we made about identities, right? And it was like I was too attached to that certain way of eating or niche or whatever you want to call it. Like I was too in that world of ancestral biohacking, all of this stuff 
that like, and I, I start realizing like, it's not really even really who I am anymore. Right. So I shift from primal bro to Benjitsu and like going back to not being a good businessman. I, I, I had my primal bro count at one point was at like 13,000 followers on Instagram, which is not setting the world on fire, but it was significant for me. Felt good. Yeah. Um, I just bailed on it and I started a new page for what my new brand is, uh, which is Benjitsu, right? I'll put some things. I put some things on Primal Bro saying like, hey, follow me over here. But what I've kind of sold you for all these years through all these posts, it's like I'm it doesn't fit who I am anymore. So if you're into me, right, come follow me. And if you're into all this stuff, then just know that this page kind of ended. Right. (laughs) So. Ben Jitsu is the new brand because I figured those are two things that are pretty safe bets to be constants in my life, right? Because it's my name. So that's not going to change. And jujitsu, which I've seen enough people in their 60s, 70s to be confident that that will also never really leave my life, right? So I mushed that together. I become Ben Jitsu. Um, I have my podcast, right? Which has kind of come up with me, something I started doing later but it's still also very engaging because I like you like to have these conversations where as much as we talk about nuts and bolts, right? How did you do it? Oh, you like lifting or running, right? What what kind of diet did you follow? But I also like to talk about pursuits. That podcast has changed several times as well. Um, And the latest iteration is the what now podcast. And that's probably my favorite thing that I have going because so much of what we just talked about today we kept finding ourselves or anyone in this scenario, you keep finding yourself posed with that question. Like I did whatever X, Y, Z, what now? Right. And your ability to answer that question directly determines what, like where your life's going to go. Right. Like what now? Oh, you can do, you can make a shitty, de- oh, I'm sorry. You can make a poor decision. I don't know if that's cool. Or you can make a, all the shit you want. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> so you can make a shitty decision, right. Or you can go on a bad path or what now. And I like, you know, like me, the first time that I lost weight, I didn't, go on the best direction, right? Going back to my regain and my crisis. And the second time I was more prepared to answer that question. So when the question of what now came up, I knew what I was going to do, or at least had a direction to put me in, right? You don't have to have everything figured out. You just need something to aim at, right? Something, some kind of direction. Uh, So that's, I guess, a quick version, right? Like I was primal bro for a very long time and that was very successful. But at the end of the day, this has to feel authentic it has to be me right going back going back primal bro started to feel like a business because it was just me doing the things that needed to be done to kind of match that image or what that was and now i feel incredibly free right because everything that i'm doing now for better or for worse whether i'm eating like an asshole or i'm eating super clean it is all just authentic right and that feels very good uh so i've been you know building my brand new page is actually going well i've really this year specifically, I have really stepped things up and I'm starting since the, since January. And now as we're into March, I'm, I'm genuinely, I'm really starting to see the benefit from the work that I put in before, which is you could use as allegory, right? For anything that we're talking about, we're talking about weight loss, we're talking about fitness, but it's like, you're doing it now and you can't see it, but you'll benefit from it in three, six, nine months, whatever. So. So a couple of things. And I, I, um, I love that you're that the traditional. Uh, I can't stand the stereotypical business message that's put out on social media. I hate hustle culture. Same. I think hustle culture is basically you hustle, hustle, hustle when you have no idea what you're doing, and you're just gonna grind it out until you figure it out. Which 
yes, you have to put work in, and but it, there's a whole planning and a whole adjustment process. Um, you mentioned that you spent some time really planning and putting this together. Um, what was that process like when you realized that, you know what, I, and I think it's amazing that you didn't just switch the name of your account um, because what you're transitioning from, I mean, you mentioned this, you like to eat donuts. People that are following you from paleo and keto, they're going to see that that's not going to be that they're not the audience for that. And even right. though they might support you, that's not always the best thing for them to see. So the fact that you started a brand new page, it's what we talk about all the time, which is quality over quantity when it comes to anything, if you're, mm -hmm. if you're doing something around branding. But what was that process like when you, you first, you decided, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do a rebrand, but I'm actually going to plan this out. What, what was involved with that? Uh, so the initial planning was, it, 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 it's going to be underwhelming <laughs> because mainly it was, I want to rebrand so that I can behave freely, which I didn't necessarily know what that meant, right? Because it's like, well, you know, like like you said, like I eat donuts. Well, there wasn't really room for that on the other page, right? But it's like, now I can just do it if I want to do it, right? So part of it was as I broadened my views, opinions, as I kind of like stepped back, I became less dogmatic because here's the thing. Sorry, see, I'm a talker, right? I'm a rambler. But here's the thing. People tend to... Yes, there is a problem when it comes to diet where keto, carnivore, vegan, vegetarian, all the, and I had, a, I did a podcast with um, a gentleman for my podcast and, and I used the term, I called them hashtag diets because it's, it's like a one word that fits nice on a hashtag. And if I say it, like I said, I just said the word keto earlier and I just said paleo. A lot of people probably get however accurate or inaccurate the picture is, they kind of see something, right? But like, I, there's no one word I can use to describe what I'm doing now. Right. Because it's more nuanced. Uh, I don't, I genuinely don't remember if we were recording or not, but you and I spoke a little bit uh, when we, when we first got on this call and I mentioned the Bruce Lee quote about like, you know, uh, absorb what is useful, discard what is not right. And I, I feel like that's finally what I have done. Uh, so I look at things on a very, it goes back when we were talking, not to take it back to coaching, but we were talking about coaching and saying like, you don't have to eat exactly how I eat, but they're going to instill some of these concepts, right? I started to look at everything that way, diet, nutrition. So I essentially make the same, I would give the same advice to anyone, regardless of like any of the advice or things that I tell you, at least 90% of it can be applied regardless of what hashtag diet you fall under. If you even fall under one, maybe you're just straight up eating like better. Right. So I, you know, I focus on, you know, eat more protein. It doesn't matter if you're vegan or keto, just eat more protein. It's a good idea. Right. I've, that was the big plan was to broaden it out and make it more digestible to everyone. Right. A wider audience, because I still solidly believe in the messaging I've shifted away from those diets. Right. Like we talked about donuts. Donuts is not the only example, a fair amount of rice. Uh, I don't like, there's just a lot of things now that I'm not as concerned about uh, because I'm my opinion and, and where I'm at now, I'm just evolved both in my relationship with food, which is a key component of that because I don't like when people, I guess, down things like keto too much. And I'm never going to be the guy that tells someone not to do it. How could I, right? I had incredible success with that powerful weight loss success. Um, so I still want to speak to those people from my old page, but as long as they're ready for the, everything, right? So 
I viewed it more as an evolution or a broadening. And that was kind of my plan. I didn't have a clear message in mind, but I knew I just wanted it to be more general and more me. Uh, mm -hmm. And then as I've been doing that, that's where you've, I've kind of fallen into some of the tropes or themes that you see now, right? Which is like, I just shout protein from the mountaintops because no matter what way I've been eating, that has always been a constant contributing factor to my success, right? So I'm a big protein guy for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like, and, I, and the only thing I would say uh, that I don't, that was uh, somewhat planned is that I did want to put more of an emphasis on some of the jujitsu content, right? Like, but when I say jujitsu content, I don't, I'm not the person, I'm not making instructionals and filming them, right? I'm, again, trying to make jujitsu seem realistic and attainable to like the old me, the person that always had a desire, right? Like I, I've always been into fighting martial arts. My dad and I watched John claude Van Damme movies as a kid, right? I, I was like uh, Chuck Norris, Steven Seagal, Bruce Lee, all like that was, if we were spending time together, we were watching something like that, right? Like he was into it. I was into it. I got into UFC, like as a teenager, like that, when that started growing in popularity and I just always loved it, but there was no, it never felt like something for me. Right. It was just going back to Instagram. I, it was, I was just a consumer. I was not participating in any of this stuff initially. Um, and then once I lost the weight and I start to discover who I am as a person, and that's where I go back to some of those things. It's like, oh, this has always been something that deeply engaged me. So here it is. So I try to take jujitsu, what jujitsu is, because it is not the most, call it a uh, fat friendly thing, especially on the social media portion of it. It's similar to bodybuilding. It's a lot of abs and a lot of like, you're, you're not going to feel in place if you're a certain way. Right. And that's not the case. And I know that I'm proof of that. And I try to, so that was one thing that was planned from the beginning was to bring jujitsu more into it and broaden the rest. But in terms of my specific plan was, I didn't even know I was going to keep a podcast or do a podcast at that point. Right. So like that's come up much more recently. Um, I, I think as we're recording this, I'm two episodes deep. I think when it comes out, the third one will be out for the latest iteration, like this, what now podcast. Cause like I said, I had done podcasts before but I lacked the same clear direction and authenticity that I feel like I have now. Big part of that is like, now I've maintained the weight loss. Now I'm not, I'm not in it as much as I was before. I like to feel, I feel like, and I like to think that I'm on the other side of it. Right. I've been maintaining. So in January, 2018 was when I hit that 178. Right. So that's four years ago. Right. So I've been successfully I know right I've been successfully maintaining and, and even recompositioning my body in a good way because I'm 20 pounds 15 pounds to give myself more credit heavier now than I was at my lightest but it's not like when I gained back 80 pounds before I love this 15 pounds you know what I'm saying like I have I've really I've put on some muscle I've shifted what I'm doing it I just my I'm in such a place now where I'm confident that I that I have really changed my life I'm not still doing things because I have to, because that's the only way I can not get fat, right? Because I have to do it this way or else things go out of control. I, anything can happen now. And it is just so ingrained in my life. So now I do genuinely feel qualified to pull other people through that or help them through it, right? Not pull them because you can never drag anyone through this. Sure. They have to be ready, right? But help them through. Uh, and that's really the overall direction, message, purpose is just help people change their life. I, the, my favorite quote to use, and we've talked about this indirectly. I like to say life gained is greater than weight lost, 
right? Because that really is like in little ways and big ways, the quality of my life is the thing that keeps me going versus just like how much weight I lost. That doesn't, that's really insignificant at this point, which sounds crazy because it's a lot of weight gone, right? But like you said, byproduct, it was almost secondary to the true evolution of who I am. And I try to, like I said, my brand is an extension of me. So as I have evolved, changed, broadened, so has this. So you, there, there are two follow-up questions I have. Yeah. Uh, one, and this, man, you, you just brought up this, I, I have to ask this. <laughs> you said that you now feel qualified to do this stuff, like to do the, the coaching and put out the stuff that you're doing. What would you tell somebody that doesn't feel like they're qualified? that they're trying to do this, they, they're, they're, their vision isn't as clear. Basically, what would you tell an earlier version of yourself? You're, you're doing this stuff, but you're kind of like, I'm in it, but I'm not. It's this whole imposter thing that we all kind of fight through and you eventually get to a point. But I know there are people listening to this that are talking about, oh my, you know, he is doing this. What would you tell somebody that's in that position right now? Uh, well, I brought up my analogy fascination earlier, right? And because jujitsu is such a big part of my life, I tend to draw a lot of analogies from that. And specifically, I like to use the belt system as an analogy for progression, right? Because in jujitsu, you start out as, as a white belt, uh, you go blue, purple, brown, black, and everyone knows what a white belt is, everyone knows what a black belt is, but those are the colors in between for the more casual listener, perhaps. Um, so I like to, like, you know, at some point as I was doing this, I was a white belt. Right. And that just the logic there, it's like, just, you just got to keep showing up. Right. You have to keep trying. You have to believe that you will improve and get better. Um, I think that if I'm being entirely honest, I think that I tried to make something of it before I was truly ready before I would genuinely objectively looking back at it now, say that I, before I was qualified. Okay. However, I think that that was an essential piece of become, of getting to where I am now. You know what I mean? So it's hard for me to tell the old me not to do that because would I be where I am now had he not? And which I know is awful advice because it doesn't really give you any advice, right? It's like, well, there's, it's dangerous, but maybe do it. I don't know. But, um, but I, I like the belt system because you can do things at different levels, right? You are not an expert or not. You are not like, it's not on or off, just like diet. It's not, you didn't have a good day or a bad day. There's a spectrum. You had better and worse days, right? So yeah, maybe you have a lot of room to get better, but the only way to get better at anything, right, is keep showing up. So that was just my formative. So if you can really stick out, and I guess really you can broaden this to any business, right? Because it's like, well, you know, your first year is the hardest and like all this stuff to any endeavor at all. It's if you can push through the difficult parts of the beginning, the figuring it out, right? You'll get to a point where you do you're starting to prove to yourself right and that's when i was saying like when i i finally really started looking at, i was like wow i've i can't remember the last time that i was in what i would consider like a, a weight loss mode or even concerned about my weight granted jujitsu does make me think about it more than other people might because when i sign up for tournaments and competitions it's it's weight divisioned right so like i I, it it's forced upon me to think about sometimes, but it going back to that bandwidth thing, it doesn't really register on a day-to-day -day basis anymore. And I think that when I finally had that realization, that was when it finally felt like I shifted and I was like, Oh, I'm like, I'm legit. That's when I overcame the imposter thing. Like you're talking about, because you can add value at any stage, right? Like this is going back. I'm a purple belt now. And there's still things that I can learn when I 
go to jujitsu if I spar or roll with the white belts, right? They, they're not, not as experienced as me, but like just by certain things that they might do or, or things they might say, ways they might look at it, questions they might ask me. There's all kinds of ways that we can help each other get better no matter what level you're at, right? So I, I, no one is, to me, you know, no one has all the answers to anything, right? Even a black belt, there's levels within black belt, right? There are black belts that can wreck other black belts, right? It's like, you're never done, essentially, with anything. Uh, and this is kind I view this very similarly. I know that I can still, excuse me. I know that I can still get better. Like I still clearly see room for not just growth because that doesn't mean you're getting better, right? That just means you're getting bigger. Uh, I see room for growth in terms of improvement, like clear messaging, um, better, just like things that could be more valuable or helpful. And I, I try to action them right as best I can and improve when I see these, but like, it really is just like anything else a never ending pursuit of getting better. And most people aren't going to feel like they're qualified most of the time. And I genuinely even think that that goes to say top 1% of anything, any sport, any discipline, any business. I don't think at times those people still don't think they deserve to be there. Right. And so I think that's just something that you have to overcome on your own, but it's hard for me to tell you how to overcome that because I don't know exactly how that manifests within each person. This, the reason I started smiling is I told you I had two questions. My <laughs> second question was, you know, people are listening to you for, for the last, however, 45 minutes or so, and you're talking about this and you're very, you know, you're, you're very well-spoken, you're very thoughtful, you're very confident in where you are right now. And, but I, I know, and you know, like you just said, even the top 1%, you still have your downtime. You still, you can literally feel like you're qualified to do something and you still have those we're not even going to say moments. We're going to say days, weeks, months, yeah. seasons, whatever, where you're going, you're going through the shit. How do you handle that now personally versus how you used to do it before? Because I think there's this misconception when people hear this, that once you feel qualified to do something or that you've started to advance in something, that that stuff magically goes away. But it really doesn't. Does. It, it doesn't. And I, I think a, um, a good example I can draw on to kind of explain this is as someone who struggled, I, I just talked so confidently about how I was past all of my food obsession, whatever, right? Yeah. If I go check out at the grocery store or at a gas station and you pass those convenience grab snicker bars on the side, I still will look at it. It's just the conversation to talk myself out of it used to take time. If I even won, right? If I even talked myself out of it. And then like slowly, it would be like the whole time I'm in line, I'm sweating because I'm like anxious. I just need to like, and it consumed so much. Right. And now I still have that pull. The Snickers in the checkout still has the, the pull on me, but it's no boom. And it's over. Right. And that's, I'm done thinking about it Th again, going back to through practice and repetition now. And I'm better, honestly, for a lot of reasons, therapy, introspective thinking, I am better about pulling myself back and trying to be more objective and honest with myself, like remove emotion as much as I can, as much as I can. That's the key. Right. <laughs> but, um, so I, like, I tried to, you know, it's, I remind myself of all the, the things that made me say it so confidently here on the podcast. Right. I, I have not been, I have not been over 200 pounds in years now. Right. Like that is just, it's just a thing. Like, it's just my life now. And I have so many things that I'm doing both in 
uh, nuts and bolts things. And then like some intangible stuff, right. That like, I know who I am. So I just need to kind of remind myself. And I think that most things are easier said than done, but this one specifically because of where I'm at, it's much easier to convince me going back to my belt analogy. It's much easier for the black belt to go. I'm good at this. I just need to remember that. Right. Then it is for the blue belt who's been doing it for years and they still look and have so far to go. And it's like, well, am I even going to, will I ever get better? Will this ever work? So my conversation has become less intense. And I think it's really just through repetition, doing the things you have to do, right. Proving it to you. You just have to prove you have to trust yourself and you build that just like you build trust in anyone else. And I think that the amount of trust that I've built is what allows me to push that stuff off quicker. But like you said, days, months, right. Weeks, whatever, it still happens. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, that's actually for anybody at any stage, what you need to really remember is just trust yourself. You are working through a process. Your life is a journey and there are going to be peaks, valleys, and all kinds of, of shit in between. Um, I love it, man. And, and yeah. that, I, I just, and again, I want to point out, um, I've got all your links in the show notes. We've got the link tree, we've got your Instagram and then the what now podcast, new episode coming out every Tuesday. Is that every cool? Tuesday, uh, depending on where you live, it'll be up when you wake up or be out when you wake up in the morning, every Tuesday. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, for now on this chat, Ben, we'll go ahead and wrap up. And again, I I'd always, and I'll stay on the episodes. And I told you before, if it's a good podcast, which most discussions are, there's plenty of stuff that we could talk, talk about on a follow-up. You and I definitely have that kind of stuff going here, but uh, I appreciate you coming on today, man. No, no, I appreciate having me. appreciate you uh, tolerating. I am a chatterbox. I know I talk a lot. I try to like you said, I appreciate it earlier. You said I was well-spoken and it was coherent because sometimes going back to imposter, right? I get in my head. It's like, man, I feel like I've been talking for a long time. And it's like, wow, we started here and now I'm here. And then you have to figure out how to get back, right? So like, thank you for putting up with that. Uh, thanks everybody that listened. Check out the links, right? Come find me, come say hi, ask a question, tell me you hated it, whatever. Engagement's engagement, right? <laughs> awesome. Talk to you soon, man. See yep. See ya.